Hello you guys. It feels like long time no talk and yet I was sitting here in this exact same position recording last week. It just shows that I truly love this podcast and I love getting to chat with you guys. And I know what you're probably thinking, Mal, you're not chatting with us. You are literally talking to yourself in your closet sitting on the floor to record this podcast. And you are correct in that. But for some reason to me, it really feels like we're all in it together. You know, we're all like sitting around having a good talk about these different topics. And that's pretty fun. If you've been to this podcast before, then thank you for coming back. If you are new to this podcast, thank you so much for joining. My name is Mallory Page. I am your host of this podcast, but I am also a registered dietitian, which is why I created this podcast to answer nutrition, wellness, fitness questions in a non-diet lens. So I bring on research. I talk about my professional opinion, the professional opinion of others. I discuss your guys' experiences. And most of all, I hope that as you leave this podcast, every single time you have an idea of how you want to incorporate something or not incorporate something into your life. Every second, wow, not every second, but every episode of the podcast is different. I guess you could argue every second too, because you never know what's coming next, do you? You got to keep yourself on your toes. But some of them are a lot more information dense. Last week, if you listen, we talked about seed cycling and cycle syncing. There's a lot in there. Others are a little bit more free-flowing, a little more discussion-based. And that's exactly what this week's episode is going to be about. And I feel like it's long overdue. I love every single episode and recording every episode, but these ones are especially fun because just like you guys don't know where we're going, I don't even know where I'm going. I just want to come in, go through a topic, share what comes to mind, and some topics are just perfect for that because there's not really information out there. There's not research out there that we can utilize, so this is much more of a educated opinion-based podcast that I most often choose because you guys have been in my DMs or messaging me saying that this is a topic you'd find really interesting. Also, I don't know if you guys can tell, I am literally shivering right now because I had a smoothie for lunch because, okay, this is a side tangent story. So we go out of town tomorrow morning, Thursday morning, at the crack of dawn, guys. Okay, so when I first booked this, it was perfect timing. It was 8 a.m. We would stroll into the Austin airport. You know, we could get there around like 6, 6.30, which is a good timing. You know, we just stroll on through, go grab a little snacky, get some coffee, hit the plane, land in Arizona for this wedding. Perfect timing. I go into my email to do a little check, send Brian the info because I had all the tickets and stuff on my end. And I'm like, oh, I should probably put it in my calendar. I already had it in my calendar. I was like, oh, cool. I don't need to double check. And then I look and I say, excuse me, this says 6.20 a.m. departure. That was not what I found out about. I scroll on through my email. I'm trying to find something that tells me that it's been updated. Nothing. American has said nothing to me. So that was upsetting. But the whole reason I even just shared that with you (laughs) 
is because of the fact that since we're going out of town, we have no food in the house. Like, literally no food at all. We just have morsels of things. Obviously, coffee creamer, because that's very important. And so I went out to get lunch today, and I had a smoothie from a place called Juiceland in Austin, because it's just really convenient to go over to it from where I live. And I wasn't feeling like super hungry today. So I'm like, you know what? Let's just go get a juicy smoothie. But now I am literally freezing. So I am shiver, shiver, shivering in this freaking closet because it has no air circulation. If you just heard me, I'm taking another jacket off to put over my shoulders so that we can be ready to go. Well, that had nothing to do with this week's topic. Other than the fact that I'm talking about my day, which if you follow influencers on your social media, you know that a huge part of influencer culture is what you're doing in a day, what you're having in a day, talking about the ins and outs of your life. And the topic we're going over today discusses, or we are discussing, the I would call epidemic of influencers, especially lifestyle, wellness, and nutrition and fitness influencers that are struggling with disordered eating, struggles with body image, their relationship with food, and anything along those lines. Now, this topic came about when I was posting one of my daily reminders the other day on Instagram. So if you don't follow me on Instagram every single day along with my coffee, which could be me pouring in from my French press, my good old French press, or it could be me out and about getting a little oat milk vanilla latte, posting a reminder. And those reminders could be really anything. They mostly come from my mood and what's on my mind that day. But this day, on Monday, I was sharing about how you shouldn't compare yourself to influencers. There was something along the lines of, it was something along the lines, I should say, of comparing yourself to an influencer is similar to comparing yourself to an actor in a movie because they're only showing you the parts of themselves that they want you to see and you have no idea what they're actually like or what they're actually going through. And that is true. And this also spurred a thought about all of the influencers that I have in my DMs and even ones that I have worked with that are talking to me about how they're struggling with food and exercise and body image, even though oftentimes they're actually talking about and even giving recommendations on it. So I posted another slide kind of mentioning that and I got an influx of DMs from you guys that ranged from shocked to intrigued to telling me you need to make an episode about this. So I do what you all tell me and now we're here chatting about it. Something that I feel like is really interesting with influencer culture is the way that we view influencers in relation to celebrities and also in relation to quote unquote normal people. So in the past, celebrities were the only form of influencer, really. And there wasn't a lot of direct connection to a celebrity, right? So let's just, for example, say Jennifer Aniston and Brad Pitt. RIP their relationship. Shout out to my girl Jen for going through what she did. That's another story for another time, as if I would talk about this on the podcast. Anyways, back to what we were saying. So when we were all obsessed, well, we're still obsessed with Jennifer Aniston, but when we're all obsessed with her 
and wanted to wear clothes like her and be like her in Friends. It wasn't as if she went on her Instagram story and said, hey guys, here's my link to the, <laughs> the dress that I was wearing on the latest Friends episode. We're seeing this on a show and then maybe it comes out in some type of magazine where she's on the cover or where they take a snippet of it and say, ooh, interested in this dress? Here's where we found it, right? You guys, if you're around the age of me or older, you would have seen the influence of magazines, even newspapers, articles more recently on how people would purchase different items and et cetera, et cetera, right? So that was the type of influence that a celebrity had. It wasn't quite as direct as what we see now because even celebrities now are on social media. Now, this whole dynamic made it feel as if me, right, like a lay person, like a quote-unquote normal person, was very, very, very distant from a celebrity. I don't feel like many people thought of themselves as someone that could just be friends with celebrities or felt so close or felt like we really knew that much about them. And in some ways that can bring a challenge, but in other ways it can bring a positive because we're not imagining that we can do those same things. We're not even oftentimes comparing ourselves in the same way than that we can be with influencers. So let's talk about the influencer to quote unquote normal person to quote unquote celebrity dynamic. An influencer often feels like they're one step away from us. They feel like they are someone that just happened to start posting, posting on social media and became more famous. And it almost gives off this impression that any of us could do it, but also that they're doing things similar to us. Now, I do think that although they can feel similar and almost as if we could be friends with them, there is also a big difference in the fact that we do often idolize them still. So everyone is different with this, but just because they're closer to us or because they feel more relatable, it doesn't mean that we don't put them on somewhat of a pedestal similar to how we do a celebrity. So these dynamics between the celebrity, influencer, and quote-unquote normal person are really important because they influence the conversation that we're going to be having today. And when I posted that story, as I said, about influencers, one of my first thoughts that came up was, I'm surprised that so many people are surprised by this. Because I feel like if I had posted that a celebrity engaged in disordered eating, everyone would have been like, yeah, Mallory, (laughs) we know that. Like, it's not a surprise. But then when I posted about influencers engaging in disordered eating, it seemed as if many people were really taken aback by the fact that that was a real possibility. And that was a very interesting dichotomy to me personally, because it makes me wonder what about an influencer is so different than a celebrity in our acceptance that they can be struggling and they may just not be showing it or they may be lying about it. So let me give a little backstory on my experiences with influencers in my DMs or asking me questions in real life or in whatever capacity. I will obviously not be sharing any specific names because that would be incredibly rude, but I will 
kind of explain some of what their content may look like, not in a way that is revealing to the person, but just so that you can get a sense of what they're doing. So I have had people, no joke, with up to 200,000 followers that have been in my DMs before. Some of these have been lifestyle influencers, so they don't directly talk about food or body image or exercise, but they do post a ton of them in outfits and more of that traditional influencer type of sense. And I have had these exact type of people messaging me off of stories saying, this is exactly how my binge eating and restriction started. I'm dealing with an eating disorder and I don't know how to break out of it or other types of things along those lines. Now, I have also had people that identify as wellness influencers, and I would say that this is a large majority of people that have directly DM'd me talking about how they're actually stuck in orthorexia. And even if they aren't fully coming to terms yet with the fact that they're dealing with pretty full-blown disordered eating, they would disclose to me that they feel like they can't eat foods that don't fall under their rules without feeling guilty. They find themselves obsessing about the foods that they're eating. Oftentimes when they're reaching out, it's because they've found themselves starting to binge eat or quote-unquote overeat around foods that they typically wouldn't have. And these things are causing them extreme distress. And in those moments... I have to try to identify how much this person knows that they're struggling because they could be coming to me thinking that they have a really healthy relationship with food and this is just a quote-unquote random thing. Oftentimes, they think it's some type of nutrient imbalance or not eating enough exactly because they're missing out on, I don't know, something, right? Like, they will create a lot of reasons as to why they may be struggling without recognizing that it's actually the fact that they're restricting the foods. The other category that I see often, but more likely than not, there is some more denial than the other two people that are DMing me are fitness influencers. And I actually have a story about a fitness influencer that is a public knowledge, so I'll share it in a minute, but I cannot tell you how many people will message me that have fitness accounts ranging from smaller fitness accounts to quite large fitness accounts talking to me about their gut health struggles, about their over-exercising and their guilt around taking breaks, and then oftentimes their quote-unquote meal plans, which could consist of macro counting, calorie counting, bikini prep, whatever it may be. And the amount of times that those people know that they are doing something or engaging in something that is disordered is often kind of small, but when I observe the habits that they're explaining to me. They're checking all of the boxes for disordered eating based off of what they're describing. Now, please keep in mind, I'm not diagnosing these people. And when someone comes to me, I'm getting a snippet of what they're dealing with. But I can tell you that if that person came to me in a consult call wanting to change and wondering if they were a good fit for my program, Love Unrestricted, I would be assessing whether, number one, they were too severe, and then number two, most likely saying if they weren't too severe, yeah, this is an amazing fit for you, you need this program. And so that's kind of the lens that I'm thinking about this in. So on the topic of fitness influencers, there was actually a very, very popular 
fitness influencer. She was signed with Gymshark. I don't know if she still is. And to be honest, I really don't want to disclose her username because I don't find her content to be super helpful to those that are struggling with their relationship with food and body image and exercise. It's nothing against her. And if you know who it is, that's great. But I just think that you guys going to search her up is not necessarily going to be helpful. And I try to make sure that this podcast is something that is a helpful space. So this fitness influencer, I actually remember finding her from TikTok. And the first TikTok that she came, that came up on my page was her on this vacation. And she was making a drink that had, I think it was literally filled with I think iced coffee. It was either iced coffee or espresso. I'm not sure which one. And then it also had all of this alcohol. I don't know if it was like tequila, whatever it was. And she said that it was like her third drink of the night like this. So I'm sitting there. I'm like, wow, this is pretty intense, this drink. I wonder why she feels like she needs to just drink plain coffee with alcohol. So then I go and I look at her page more and something about me is that because I struggled with my relationship with food and eating disorder and now because I'm a practitioner, something that we are quite literally taught in school as a dietitian is looking for signs of malnutrition. So oftentimes when people look at someone else to try to figure out if they have an eating disorder or if they're struggling with food, they're just looking at their size, their body size. And considering it's Eating Disorder Awareness Week, it's actually very fitting to start to share statistics about eating disorders, such as that 6%, 6% of people that have eating disorders actually show up or are underweight clinically. So the percentage of people that are actually underweight experiencing an eating disorder is very, 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 very small. And you also have to remember, too, that in the fitness influencer population, oftentimes they have muscle, which is something that weighs more heavily in your body than other things. Like it. And so that can even distort the BMI classification of underweight. And I don't mention that to make you guys fixate on anything around muscle in relation to weight, but more to showcase the discrepancies and the shortcomings of BMI, especially when it comes to eating disorder classifications. But that's just one side. There's so many ways that BMI and eating disorder classifications are totally missing populations that are super important. But when we keep in mind the fact that only 6% are underweight, we're so often looking at people trying to figure out if they have an eating disorder and only looking at one thing that's not actually very indicative of if that person is struggling. So things that I always feel like I see are more in the person's eyes. You know, do they look really tired? Do they feel like they don't have much life to them? It could be their nails. Um, are they really weak or their hair, right? Right. These are all signs of malnutrition that we learn actually as a dietitian when we're doing a clinical assessment of someone, a physical assessment. 
Now, of course, I'm not going around doing this to people because that would be weird, but I do find that sometimes that brain just like clicks on for me. And I have this very good intuition around people that could be struggling. I'm not saying I'm 100% right. It's just something that I'm throwing out there. And I'm also not saying that I ever do anything with this information other than think it in my own mind. So that's what was happening here. I looked at this woman and I started to think, you know, she's not looking like her most rejuvenated, lively, happiest, healthiest self from the way that she's presenting. So I kind of go about my day, you know, I, I stalk her a little bit because, you know, that's just how I am. Shout out to my fellow IG and just overall people stalkers, not like real stalkers. I just mean where you're going on Instagram and deep diving on someone. That's probably a better word than stalker. Honestly, that's probably not a appropriate term to use because being stalked is very serious. So let me just scratch that from the record and instead say deep diving on someone's IG. So I kind of forget about her, um, don't follow her or anything. And then wild enough, as the algorithm would show, months later on my explore page on Instagram, I see this post. I'm like, whoa, that looks really different than her past posts. And it's her discussing the fact that she won't be posting fitness content for a while because she's going through eating disorder recovery. Now, I don't remember, and I also don't know if she would want disclosed the specifics of her treatment. I didn't do a deep dive to see what she's shared on her page still or what she deleted, but I know that it was pretty intensive, and she has shared and is open about the fact that she was dealing with bulimia, uh, restriction, binging, uh, utilization of certain substances like caffeine and stuff to suppress hunger, and overall exercise obsession. And no one in her audience knew. Everyone was so shocked. And the physique that she had when she was dealing with these things were what most people were following her for to try to look like how she looked when she hadn't told anyone that that's what she was struggling with and was secretly dealing with very intense eating disorder. I was going to say eating disorder behaviors, but it wasn't just eating disorder behaviors. She was diagnosed with an eating disorder. So this woman has ended up going through recovery and I know she did take a break from exercise and was able to start adding it back in and I don't really know and no one probably really knows other than herself and hopefully her team that she continues to work with where she's truly at in her recovery now. As I said, I don't think that the content that she shares is super helpful for someone that has been struggling with food, so I'm not really inclined to share, but I will say that this is so much more common than you think, guys. This is just one example, but I could seriously throw out so many more examples. Sarah's Day, Stephanie Buttermore, uh, Millie G. Fit, which I want to do a whole podcast on her specifically, and so many other people that have, since the beginnings of their accounts, disclosed the fact that they were at one point struggling with their relationship with food and exercise. Heck, 
I was literally this freaking person. When I was posting in college and the ending of high school, this is an account that you guys wouldn't even know of. Or if you're an OG all the way back to the Fit Kitchen days, wow. You have been with me through it all. That was 2015. So (laughs) I was posting these healthy recipes and all this stuff, and I was dealing with a full-blown eating disorder. Luckily, I was not trying to... I wasn't posting my body or how I looked, and I wasn't giving anyone recommendations. But, I mean, still, I was posting all these quote-unquote healthy recipes, and yet I was dealing with orthorexia. So it just goes to show that people may not, number one, even know that they are struggling. And so they think that they're okay in posting even when they're not. And then number two, people could be struggling and just not disclosing it to you, especially those that don't have to disclose it to you, such as lifestyle influencers and often fitness influencers. So when you take all of this into account, then it brings up the question of, okay, well, how should I know when someone is dealing with this and what should I do about it? This is the piece where you have to recognize that you can't actually know when someone is struggling with this. So I know I went on my whole thing of how someone physically presents and yada yada, but at the end of the day, I don't know what anyone is dealing with unless they tell me and I would never actually want to assume or spread any misinformation on someone that I don't know anything about. And you could speculate all day on what someone is or is not dealing with, and yet we still wouldn't know. And so then it brings up the question more of, okay, if I can't figure out if they're dealing with this, then how should I know whether or not I should follow them? I feel like we way overcomplicate the answer to this question. Because the truth is, You don't need to know whether or not they are doing something disordered or just not good for them to decide if you should unfollow them. All that it takes for you to decide whether you should unfollow someone is asking yourself if you feel good when you watch their content. Because there could be people that seem absolutely incredible. You love them. You love their personality. But every single time you see their body, you compare yourself to it. Or every single time you see them post uh, what I eat in a day or a workout or even a meal that they're having, you find yourself asking yourself, well, should I be doing that? Or should I look like that? Or should I be following that? Maybe it's even someone that doesn't post anything around these areas, but you see them posting their fit checks and it doesn't feel good for you. Those are all signs that you can unfollow and you probably should unfollow because you don't want to be subjecting yourself to comparing to other people. And the reality is the system, the algorithms that create influencers are biased. And I am not trying to act like I am not someone that has even benefited from this myself. But the sad and disgusting truth is the people that are pushed out to get more followers and to get more awareness and traction on their post are more often than not thin, white, and privileged people living in privileged bodies. 
I feel like I'm missing an adjective that I wanted to say when I was going through that. I mean, thin and white is a huge one and living with privilege. But I think that the bigger thing is that think about who that's excluding. So many people, people of color, people in larger bodies, even people that are less quote unquote stereotypical. I would imagine, although I haven't heard the stats on it in the same way, that those that are a part of the LGBTQ plus community are not sent out in the same way that someone that may identify as straight is. There are so many inherent discriminatory elements to social media that make it really hard for people that don't fit the quote-unquote stereotype to thrive. And so a lot of, oh, that's what I was going to say. Most of them are also just beautiful. You know, most influencers, they're just really attractive. And that's not their fault. That's not a bad thing. But I feel like what we forget is if you were following someone or if you came across someone's page, whether it be a fashion influencer or a wellness influencer or a fitness influencer, and they weren't attractive in the same way that they are, would you follow them? Would you be as inclined to do the program from the fitness influencer that doesn't have the abs in the body that you want? Would you be as inclined to talk to or listen to the wellness influencer that you don't want to look like, quote unquote, right? Like that you're not thinking is so very attractive. And More than not, more often than not, the answer is no. And we see this very evident on social media. I have seen someone in a larger body and also people of color post something on TikTok, let's say what I eat in a day, and all of the comments will be so just horrendous, especially for those in a larger body. It'll be like, oh, you're eating too much. You shouldn't be eating that. You shouldn't be eating this. Then if you compare that to someone that's in a smaller body, there's no comments like that. If anything, it's all these comments like, oh, this isn't enough. You should be eating more. And those two people that I just explained could have posted the exact same what I eat in a day and gotten completely different responses on that video. So the point of explaining all of this is to highlight to you that number one, There are way more people that are influencers that are struggling than you may think. And not only are there more influencers that are struggling, but also more influencers than you think that are doing really shady stuff. There are a lot of them that are on Ozempic and lying about it, getting plastic surgery or lipo done and lying about it, that are doing beauty procedures that they aren't disclosing. And I'm not saying that it's their job to disclose everything that they do to look a certain way. But I will say that it is their choice if they want to be deceiving or just not be forthcoming with information. And if you feel like that affects you, then it is your decision to not be engaged in that content especially right now with the Ozempic craze, I feel like this is everywhere. It's, it's truly wild. Now, the second piece that I want you guys to gather from what I shared is that you need to be really mindful then of who you're following. 
because more often than not, influencers are showing you and disclosing what they want you to know. They're not disclosing the parts of their life that aren't as pretty or don't seem as aesthetic. And so you're not getting the full picture of what's going on. And as someone that I don't even consider myself an influencer, but as someone that has an account, even I as someone that feels very open and and I don't have issues with sharing things, I still am unintentionally sharing the snippets of my life that feel appropriate. You know, what it is that comes to mind. And most often than not, mine is because of the lens of my business and I want to present in a professional manner, but also still relatable and authentic. And even if I posted every single emotion that I had each day and gave you the most in-depth update, I still wouldn't be able to give you the full glimpse of what my life is because you're not watching a 24-hour videotaping of my life, right? So that's really important to remember when it comes to influencers and influencer culture as well because if you don't protect your own peace, then you're going to be left not feeling as good about yourself. And what is that coming? What is the purpose of that? Because that influencer, that person, they're not going to notice if you're following them or not. They're really not. And even if they did and they messaged you and asked you why you unfollowed and you told them, hey, it's nothing about you, but this is what's best for my mental health, they should respect that if they are the person that they're showing that is understanding and empathetic and et cetera, et cetera. Not saying everyone shows that they're those things, but I think many people try to exemplify that. When you keep all of this in mind and start to look more critically at your social media, I feel like it will bring up a lot of revelations. Some areas in which I feel like revelations can be had are number one, bodybuilding and fitness accounts, especially those that self-proclaim to be doing any type of macro calorie counting, bodybuilding prep. Guys, I can tell you as someone that has been here, been there before, most of those people are dealing with disordered eating. Most of them are. I promise you. Those, like, calorie counting and having strict food rules like that, it is very rare for it not to coexist with disordered eating to some extent. And again, I'm not saying an eating disorder. I'm saying disordered eating to some extent. Number two, wellness influencers are often struggling with some sense of orthorexic mindsets. Not saying they're orthorexic, saying they can have orthorexic mindsets, especially if they don't show any type of balance or flexibility. So this is not me saying that all wellness influencers are struggling with orthorexic mindsets, but oftentimes, especially if they don't eat X, Y, and Z food and only eat these certain foods 
and talk a lot about ingredients and always have to share whenever it is that they eat outside of what they typically show, they're oftentimes struggling to some extent with orthorexic type of mindsets. Also, let's not even start to get into the conversation of how unachievable many wellness practitioners or wellness influencers' pages are. I mean, there's so much classism that comes into it and inaccessibility for people with different financial needs. I know that's not to say that that's their fault, but there is a whole huge barrier that comes with that as well. And then number three, many fashion and lifestyle influencers that are showcasing their life are dealing with some other type of struggle that they may not be showing. Now, I'm going to keep this one more broad, but I think that every single one of us can understand how most people that you encounter in life are not actually these picture-perfect people that we may imagine them to be if we're seeing them through an outside, distant lens. So it may not be that every lifestyle or fashion influencer is struggling with disordered eating or body image issues, because that's definitely not true. But how many of them could be struggling with mental health or something going on in their family or money or whatever else it may be? We can't assume that just because someone is showing this certain look to us that they're not also dealing with something that could be challenging. I hope that this episode was eye-opening. I find this stuff really interesting to discuss and to talk about. And I have specific influencers in my mind that I know even for me really affected my recovery and my journey because I had such a hard time just unfollowing and (laughs) telling myself that even though they may not think at the time that they're struggling with disordered eating, I should have been able to know that Number one, it wasn't working for me, even if it wasn't disordered for them. And number two, they may just not recognize it yet. And having many of those people or a few of those people that I have in my mind come out later on and say how they were actually shrugging themselves was not only frustrating because I felt like it was an I told you so moment to myself, but was also very eye-opening to the fact that it's so easy to act like because someone is a public figure, that they aren't dealing with the same things that us quote-unquote normal people are. And yet they can be, and they could also be struggling to an even greater extent than we are. If you enjoyed this episode and discussion, I would love to hear from you. Shoot me a DM, share it on your stories, leave a rating and review if you'd like on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts. I think we're almost to 150 reviews on Spotify, which makes me feel so, so special. So thank you for any of you guys that have decided to leave a review. And I have all of my links down in the show notes. So I have Love Unrestricted. I have a free challenge. I have a new group coming out that I'm super excited about that is coaching other coaches on how to work with disordered eating and exercise and body image. So all of that stuff is linked down below. If you have any episodes that you would like to see, topics that you want me to discuss, 
feel free to submit that. We have a location on our website where you can submit it. We'll get an email and we always add it to our episode lists for the future. And I think that's all that I have for you guys today. I didn't rank this on a scale of one to 10 because how can you really rank influencers and their disordered eating struggles? <laughs> I feel like it'd be kind of intangible, but I'll have another episode coming up next week and hopefully we'll be able to throw that diet culture, diet, whoa, diet culture scale in there. All right, guys, thanks for listening. I'll see you back here next week.